If you know you're meant for more but find yourself spinning your wheels or getting in your own way, then this is the show for you. I'm your host, Joe Bendel, creator of the Meant For More movement, and this podcast is here to inspire and motivate you to say no to mediocrity and average and a big fired up yes to claiming your more in every area of your life. So if you know you're playing small and getting in your own way, then let's get real, honest and massively inspired because I believe that we are all meant for more. Hello, hello. Welcome to this special episode of the Meant for More podcast. I'm joined today by the amazing Tash Corbin. Hello, Tash. How are you? Hello, Joe. I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I'm very excited to have you here. Um, so let's just kick off straight into it. No messing around. Why don't you tell us who you are and what you do? Yeah, so I am a business strategist and a mentor. I work mostly with women and non-binary folk, and I help them to grow and scale their businesses. I'm particularly passionate about lean business and also consent-driven marketing and sales. So ensuring that we're not causing harm with our marketing strategies, dialing up people's fear and pain points, or using psychological, manipulative, toxic strategies to put people into a state where they buy something that they don't need. Amazing. And we're all a little bit fed up with the online world. So, um, uh, yeah. <laughs> so it's a breath of fresh air to just have that different angle and sort of come out, come out again. You're very similar to me with like that. We're just like authentically going to be like, you know, like what works, what doesn't work. Now, Tash has got like an absolute, you know, mind full of amazing, amazing strategies and content. And I will absolutely share all of her links and things so that you can go and um, follow and get all that goodness. But today... We're going to dive into how to attract and convert more clients because obviously that's something that a lot of my people struggle with. We're something that we're always trying to do as we're growing. So Tash, over to you. What have you got for us? Yeah, for sure. So I have five key things that I want to share today and I'm going to come at it from a slightly different angle because I know that there are a lot of marketing strategists and people out there who have their secret formulas and secret sources <laughs> to how to get more clients online but really there's some basic foundations that I think we skip over thinking that there's a sexier you know, more shortcut type solutions. So I'm going to give you some things and they might not be things you've heard before. So the first one is be specific and have very strong foundations. And when I say foundations, I mean those foundational specific decisions about who this is for, why they should buy it and what it is that you have to offer. So I'm a big fan of having a very specific niche and being very, very clear about exactly who you are focused on reaching with your marketing and your content. Then you can make your message deeply resonant and grounded and tangible because you're speaking to a specific group of people who have a shared lived experience. And that means you can create an offer that they are hungry to buy because it solves their exact need. So strategy number one is to be far more specific than you are being. And the example I use on this one is shampoo, right? Now you might think that it's best to be a shampoo for everyone that works with all hair types and that anyone can use and you think, well, that's the best thing, right? Because the most people can buy because it works for everyone. But actually, how many people actually buy the all-in-one, all-hair types shampoo 
And how much would you be willing to pay for all in one, all types of hair shampoo? If you have beautiful blonde hair, like beautiful Joe, <laughs> you want a shampoo that's specific for blonde hair and you'll pay more if it looks after your blonde hair and you get very attached to a specific brand because you think it works specifically for you. Similarly, curly hair, straight Same hair, things. you know, all of those things. The more specific you are about exactly the problem you solve or exactly the goal you achieve, the more people will pay to work with you and the easier it is for them to say yes. So be super, super specific. And I actually review who I'm speaking to and why they should buy from me consistently in my business. In my CEO date with myself, every quarter, I do a big messaging and niche revision and just make sure I'm being very, very specific. So that's number one. That's a really good foundation. And then all of us challenging ourselves and being like, can you be even more specific? Because sure as hell we can. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not talking about being specific, like instead of 20 to 30 year olds, make Mm. it 21 to 28 year olds, right? That demographic has nothing to do with your marketing decisions. And that's not the type of stuff I recommend you get specific about. When you're thinking about your ideal client and your niche, get specific about the stuff that matters. So the examples that you would give for someone who works in a job and you know they leave and go to a job every day and come home are very different to someone who is at home running an online business. So think about the things that influence the experience of what it is that you're speaking about. Your parenting advice might be exactly the same, regardless of whether someone is in a job or they work for themselves. But the client's experience is very different. Mm. If she's going to work every day or if he's going to work every day, there's the parental guilt of leaving the kids behind. When you spend time with your kids, you want that time to be fun time and and organize time. But if you're at home with your children all day running a business, your priority might be for the children to be more self-sufficient without you so that you can get on with running your business. It has nothing to do with your parenting approach, but it has everything to do with how you would market to parents and what messaging you would use and what examples you would use. So uh, challenge yourself to be far more specific about the person you are focused on when you're messaging. Mm, such a good reminder. Thank you. Number two, stop avoiding us. Now, this is a really interesting one because we are like, oh no, I definitely want to work with people. I definitely want to attract more clients. But actually, how many of us get very excited at the prospect of outsourcing our sales to a sales page? It's like, oh, I don't really want to sell. I'll just get that sales page to do it for me. I don't really want to sell. I'll just get those pre-scheduled posts on social media to do it for me. I don't really want to sell. I just want to send emails and have people buy it, right? We get all caught up in creating the product and all caught up in creating sales assets when actually the fastest way to refine your messaging and qualify whether someone's the right fit to work with you or not is to have a conversation with them. Mm. So instead of trying to outsource your marketing to tools and emails and sales pages, I think they are all amazing when you've got the right messaging and you're ready to scale it up. But for most people, you're outsourcing to a page with messaging that doesn't work thinking it's going to do a better job than you would if you could just have a conversation with the person. So stop avoiding us as your potential clients and instead connect, converse, talk with us, ask us questions. And that is the fast track to really making sure your messaging is resonant 
and that you're answering the right questions. If you've written a sales page based on your guess of what's important to your ideal client, your guess of what barriers are in their way, your guess on what's going to be the tipping point for them to buy or not, and they go and visit the sales page and they don't buy, you have zero insight. Mm, All you know is they didn't buy. They didn't buy from you. But if you actually had a conversation with some of these people and actually encouraged them to reach out if they wanted to discuss your product or if they were interested in achieving the outcome that your product delivers and then they decide not to buy, you know exactly who the person is. In most cases, you're having a conversation with them. And it's so easy to just say, oh, I'm really curious, you know, why did you think it wasn't a right fit for you? Not so you can convince them that it is the right fit for them, but so that you can understand what assumptions they are making. I had this exact same experience. I recently launched Progress Art Coloring Book, right? It's Color Your Way to Goals. I'm a little bit into it. And I have a course that goes with it. Doors are closed, so I'm not promoting it here. But I had a bunch of people in all of my sales processes. I am like, connect with me, connect with me, connect with me. So I did Facebook Lives and I encouraged people to ask me questions. I did emails and I told people to reply with their questions. And I also did some outreach to some friends of mine who are in business who I thought they or their clients would be a really good fit. And I asked them for some feedback on the sales page. And several people came back to me and said, it sounds really cool and really fun, but I don't think I need your help to learn how to color in. (laughs) I I was so caught up in the process of progress art and coloring it's so powerful yes so powerful it's so amazing like isn't this amazing right I forgot to mention that tracking your income every day Mm. is a super powerful way of noticing your thoughts and clearing them up I hadn't even talked about the outcome you could achieve I was so focused on the pretty coloring in and I couldn't even see it until I'd had that conversation with people so even when you're launching something at scale and you want hundreds of people to buy especially in the early stages of promotions, in the early stages of setting up those assets, talk to your ideal clients, converse with us, connect with us, because that is where the insight is around what people are assuming when they read your word. You might know that divine feminine wisdom connecting from your soul's purpose is exactly the thing that people need. But if we don't know what that means, we can't buy it. We can't make a decision. And sometimes with our own language and connection and conversation is a great way to find the conversational way to explain it, the way that we are all going to understand. Yeah, I love this. I love this so much. And there's so many things in my head. I'm like, there's two things I want to kind of like bring to this is one, like, of course, this is the fastest route to growing your business, because like you said, you're getting like immediate response of feedback of like what landed what didn't land and you're learning so much more of course we're humans so we we're like we're people but I think like Mm -hmm. yes we avoid those conversations for what reason because actually that if we're like look if I just had 10 conversations I would learn so much and in three weeks time I'm like all right everything's changed I can see that it's like this is the fastest route to finding out the most powerful messaging I'm also thinking from my own perspective Like years down the line, having a product that is already, it works, it's scalable. And I did this recently. I knew how I was feeling and my sales message was about what was really calling me forwards. And of course it wasn't landing because I hadn't connected with, but how are you guys feeling at the moment? You know? And so I think, I don't think there's ever going to be a time in our business when it's not important to stop and have these conversations. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And if I said to you, having three or four conversations for 10 minutes yeah. will help you improve your conversion rate by five or 6%. Yeah. Why wouldn't would you, you do that? Do yes. <laughs> Why? And that's and the yeah, We're avoiding the rejection. I we're avoiding being a yeah. salesperson, right? There's yeah. a bunch of mindset stuff that comes yeah. up. We'd rather that the sales page is the salesperson because if we have to be the salesperson, we have to be the yucky yeah. person or we have to face the rejection head on when someone says, look, it's lovely, but I'm not putting my money towards that right now. But yeah. actually that is so powerful for us to actually experience. And if we can get over the mindset yuckiness of it and recognize that they're not saying you're not good enough. They're no. just saying that they don't see it a match for where they are right now, or they don't think the value that they will receive is equivalent to the investment that they need to make. You learn so much. It's so transformative. So much. So much. And it is, it's like, you're going to learn so much. You cannot learn this any other way. And, that's, and, and obviously it's quick, but this is the thing about the mindset. It's like, Hey guys, no one said it wasn't going to be confronting to go after your dream. So put your big girl pants on. Yep, <laughs> do some star fun. jumps and then go for it <laughs> yes absolutely and that leads into my third tip which is notice and choose your thoughts so when tash and joe say go and talk to your customers <laughs> and you think your pop-up thought is oh i can't do that that would be gross notice that thought first and foremost yeah. right sales is gross oh that's interesting as a business owner would you like to keep that belief that sales is gross or would you like to let it go? And that part is your choice. So you can't necessarily control the pop-up thoughts. You can't control no. how you and feel about it. Yeah. They're going to be there. Mm. But the more you, instead of just like, oh, no, it's fine and pushing it down and pretending that everything's okay, the more you actually just notice them with curiosity and then realize now I can make a choice and make that Do choice. I want that one. Yeah. The more that you are actually going to fast track attracting and converting people into paying clients. So if yeah. you set yourself a goal, I want five VIP clients this month, and your first thought is, oh, that's going to be hard work. I'm going to have to get out there and hustle. Notice I have to hustle if I want more clients. Is that a thought you want to keep? Or is it one that you want to let go of? So just finding that way to practice noticing your thoughts and choosing the ones you want to keep and which ones you want to let go of, it's transformational again. And it's something that you can just consistently do. It's not something you have to sit down and do four hours of mindset work on. Just as you go about your day, as you do things, as you take action, just pay attention to how you're feeling about it. Pay attention to any thoughts that are popping I up. I think the couple of words, one of the words you use, which I think is really powerful, is notice. We're just noticing. We're not judging. We're not, you know, making it mean anything. We're just noticing it. And then, like you said, we can choose. Like, my favorite, it's my favorite thing to do. It's like, I call thoughts stories because basically that's what they are, isn't it? Like our mind yeah. is giving me a story and I'm like, do I want that story? Would I like to write a different story? And then it just feels like it's, it doesn't have so much like heavy energy around it and this isn't about oh my god I've got to find out where this thought came from it's like no no it's just a story you can choose a different story but it's like first yeah notice yeah yeah first yeah. step notice and then and then choose if you want to keep it or not yeah. and sometimes some of those stories will take more investigation and clearing and all of that sort of thing but the belief that it needs to always be hard and heavy and mm. serious is also one that you can choose to let go of yeah. I definitely had that when I first discovered like mindset work and all of those sorts of things, because my first 
things that I did in the mindset space and personal development were hard and they were yucky and there was a lot of tears involved. I created this story that mindset work was yucky and involved lots of tears. And it was a few years later, I was like, actually, do I want to keep that belief about even the mindset work itself? No, I don't. I want it to feel like it's joyful and fun and curious. And it's a hilarious joke that I'm playing on myself. And that's how I feel about mindset work now. <laughs> I literally am the same. I, I make a game out of everything. I, if I want to get yeah. myself to do something that I'm in resistance to, you know, I just, I play little games with myself. And I'm like, that's, if that's yeah. what it takes, that's what it takes. Because yeah. we are not going to get to a place where our thoughts aren't going to try and sort of derail us because that's just the nature of a being human. So like, yeah. what's the, what's your version of being able to stop and check? Hang on. I, we were talking about this actually in my group this week around don't let your mind be unsupervised. Don't leave it unsupervised for too long. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. It's like letting a raccoon in the house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you mess some things up. Love it. All right. So that's number three, noticing and choosing your thoughts. Number four, stop looking for more shiny objects, more platforms, more strategies, more ways. There is no one out there who has got some magic something and we're all keeping a secret from you. And much to the disdain of the webinar sellers out there who would tell you otherwise, but there's some magical 108 steps that will get you from where you are to where you want to be. Actually, what you've got is probably really good. You just haven't finished it yet. What you decided you were going to do is probably really amazing, but you actually haven't done it yet. Or you're avoiding those conversations that we talked about. You're trying to do it in a way that doesn't involve talking to human beings and you're trying to sell to human beings without connecting with them. So one of the most common questions I get asked is, should I be on Facebook or should I be on Instagram or should I be on both? And these days it's also, should I be on Clubhouse or TikTok? Like it's all about all the different platforms. And every time I say, I don't care what platform you're on, as long as you love it, there are people in your niche who are there. It might not be the most popular platform for your niche, But if there are some of them there, let's go and talk to them first, shall we? Before we decide we need to go anywhere else. So if you love Instagram, you love doing reels, you love taking photos, you love sharing your meals. I can't remember to. I just share photos of empty plates if I'm sharing my meals. (laughs) Since it arrives, I know what I'm on task to do. But if you love Instagram, you're like, well, my audience is more on Facebook, but there are some people on Instagram will be the person in your industry who nails Instagram, right? Mm -hmm. And so many people come to me and they go, oh, well, I've been on Facebook for four years and I really love it there, but my reach is starting to shrink down. So I'm thinking maybe I should be on Instagram. And I say to them, well, you could start from scratch on Instagram or you could get really curious about how to keep your Facebook momentum going. And I know which is easier. It's actually sticking to the thing that you decided in the first place. Yes, there might be some tougher roads now on Facebook or tougher roads on Instagram. I mean, I've had people reaching out to me all week this week because apparently Instagram has reduced everyone's reach by about 90%. So no social media platform is going to be perfect. But as long as you have a good strategy that involves reaching new people, so that's usually a social media platform or SEO, if you do something a bit more passive, some sort of advertising platform, it can be free or paid, a way of collecting and nurturing your audience. I recommend a mailing list because then it's your asset and you own it and some content to that relationship and help people move forward. And then a way to connect and convert, then you don't need to go hunting for another shiny object. 
most people have nine or 10 strategies for reaching people. And then they're lucky if they've got one for nurture and one for conversion. What if you actually just brought more balance to your plan? And instead of looking for another shiny platform or a new space or new audiences, why don't you just really love the audience you already have and snowball that audience growth by being really conscious about the way you treat the people in your audience. So many people say to me, oh, I've only got a list of 300 people, so there's no point emailing me. I was like, what about the 300 people? Those 300 people are your hottest audience right now. They are the ones who have already said, yes, they're interested in your work. 300 humans have said, I'm interested in you. Tell me more. And you're like, oh, well, you don't count. I'm going to go out and find 300 or 3,000 new strangers. Mm. Like, It just blows my mind that that's actually the perspective that some people have. But we've been taught as online business owners to constantly chase reach, to constantly chase new audiences. And whilst I'm not saying you don't need to grow your audience, of course we want to grow your audience, but just as the best way to attract more money is to look after the money you have, The best way to attract more audience Mm. is to look after the audience you already have. It's the same principle in a different context. So instead of chasing, like, should I run a webinar or should I run a challenge? I don't care. Any strategy will work. Just do it. Well, I mean, here's a reality check. Like my biggest income stream in my business is repeat business because I look after my people. I mean, it's huge. Me too. My average lifetime spend of a paying client someone who's already bought one thing with me is over three thousand dollars incredible so if you were like hey there's these 300 people they're not no i need three different but like 300 but you know it's just no and the the other thing that i do find really painful because i you know like of course we know it we've been on this journey and you know it's that there are cycles that we go through as we grow but like people saying you know this this doesn't seem to work for me. So I'm going to try a different platform. I'm going to try a different Mm -hmm. offer. I'm going to try a different, it's like one of the things that I, I remember making again, it's like these deals that I make with myself. It's like, you have to do, give this 12 months or you have to like making the deal with myself. is like, no, I've got to give it chance to fail first. Not just like, oh, it's not working. But that's because you're not giving it chance. Yeah. And so like you said, you're not being, Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, so many people say to me, oh, I tried running a webinar once and it didn't work. And I was like, well, how many people signed up? 22. Yeah. And how many sales did you make? Zero. Okay. Well, most webinars convert at about 3%. You, If you had 100 people there, you might have got some sales. Yeah. It Was it that people didn't want to sign up to the webinar? Was it the topic? Was it the webinar process itself? Did you follow up with them? And in most cases, they didn't run a great webinar. They run a terrible webinar. Yeah. They hardly talked about it They didn't make it an online. offer. They didn't make an offer at the they end of it. it. it didn't yeah. work. They didn't follow up with people. They didn't connect with people. And, you know, so the problem's not webinars. It's just that you haven't made webinars yeah. work for you yet. And so yes. I always say, ask a different question. Instead of saying, should I this or should I that? Ask, how can I make this work? Mm. Right? Should I move, move my attention from Facebook to Instagram? No. How can I make Facebook work? How can I be sure I've absolutely nailed my Facebook strategy? Should I do challenges instead of webinars? Well, no. How can I make my webinars powerful, effective, and high conversion? Because they all work. This is the thing is that they do all work. They really do. Yeah. I can make any strategy, any platform, like as a business strategist, like you would think I would have a preference, right? I prefer Facebook over, like I have my preferences for where I like to hang out. Mm. But if you decide LinkedIn is your core strategy, I can help you make LinkedIn work. That's cool. 
but you've got to stick with it. Yeah. And you've got to be yeah. curious enough about what works and what doesn't and, and, you know, be tenacious and be consistent. And go back to your first steps of like connecting with people and asking them what, you know, like yeah. what resonates here. Yeah. Yeah. And are you trying to be the one size fits all shampoo mm. yes. at the specialist shampoo price, by the mm. way, right? That one size fits all shampoo is the cheapest stuff. It's the pound a a bottle kind of stuff that you find at your dollar shops, right? That's why we don't pay premium prices for someone who is a, I fit everything, I do anything, I can help with anything. So for a lot of people, the issue is not the platform. The issue is not their marketing strategy. The issue is their messaging. They're not specific with their niche enough. Their offer is not a proven offer. People don't want to spend that amount of money for that outcome because you haven't explained it properly because we don't see the value in it the way that you see the value in your work. And so the solution is not to go and jump and share terrible offers on another platform. Yeah. The solution is to go and fix the offer, fix the niche, fix the messaging and really focus on those foundations. And I, you know, I want to say to anyone who's like feeling very seen by this, it's not your fault. If you have been thinking the answer is a shiny marketing solution, because that's what marketers want you to think they yeah. want to sell you a course on how to run a challenge they want to sell you a course on how to run a webinar they want to sell you a course on how to find followers on instagram they want to sell you a course on how to do reels like they want to sell you marketing strategies they don't care if you've got the right foundations yeah and what we need to remember is they are excellent marketers which is yeah. why you feel like oh my gosh i need that because they're doing yeah. what yeah they're telling you the grass is greener. Mm. There's an, a better solution just over this hill. You just have to pay me 1500 bucks for it, but it's yeah. just over the hill and it's totally fine and it'll fix everything. It and most everybody. people's reality yeah. is that they've bought a $1,000 course, a $2,000 course, a $4,000 course, they've joined into it. And, and none of them have actually addressed the core issue, which is, will this niche pay this much for this offer? Yeah. And what messaging do I need to convey in order for that to happen and so you know it would be much sexier for me as a business strategist to go around the internet saying five-day challenges are the answer I'll teach you how to run five-day challenges people do my course they learn how to run five-day challenges I've done my part Mm. if it doesn't work that's on you that would be a far easier business model for me but I can't sell that Mm -mm. because it's not an integrity for me because I know what you need is not another shiny marketing strategy what you need is to get those foundations in place And number four was no more shiny platforms. Fifth tip is be consistent over time. Mm. And I love, we're going to come full circle, Jojo, because (laughs) your thing is aim for average, right? Yes. Yes. Average. Yeah. If you want to be more, if you want to do more, if you want to live it up, Mm. you want the big life, all you need to do is consistently take action. Yeah. But how many people go for the flash and the crash? Yes. Uh, Hyper productive for three weeks and then that PMS window happens. Yes. And we're burning it down Mm. and starting from scratch, right? It didn't work. Yes. Work. It's too hard. Mm -hmm. Social media sucks, right? We go and blame all the things out there. But actually, we set ourselves up to feel this way Mm. because we created a world in which, in order to be successful, all the stars have to align. I have to be perfect and I have to get it right every day without fail. I'm not allowed to be human. Yeah. And actually, this is why I think my work and your work goes so well together because mm. I'll help you with what to do, right? What your yeah. strategy is and all that kind of thing. But more importantly, 
let's pay attention to how you work, how you speak to yourself, how you treat yourself, how you set goals for yourself, how you set yourself up for success or set yourself up for failure. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, for years, Tasha has been in my world for years and years. And people always say that, don't they? It's like, oh, my gosh, like you two together. It's just like we're unstoppable because we're both bringing, well, obviously a high vibe energy, but also. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. Well, I I think you um, gave us a lot there. I loved all of those. Thank you. You're welcome. The one I do want to just ask you one question, a little bit off topic, because, guys, obviously you can see that Tasha's got so much great stuff to share like I'm gonna make sure that you've got all the great places to follow her but one question I wanted to ask was what's your favorite thing about your business I think it's it's a little thing but it's a big thing it's that my partner Davey and I both love movies and we get to go to the movies in the middle of the day whenever we want and it's a sign of a bigger thing right like it's it's not as little as that but I just feel so abundant when it's two o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon and I say, you want to go to the movies? And we can just go. That freedom, that spaciousness, that, you know, delicious opportunity to choose what it is that we want to do and that flexibility. And my business has allowed us, because of the income and the flexibility, my business has allowed us to follow a dog around the world yeah and if you haven't if you haven't been in touch as well <laughs> believe me that has been a journey <laughs> yeah so we adopted a street dog in Bali she ended up stuck in Singapore we could go and visit her whenever we wanted while she was with a foster family then we had to move her to New Zealand before she was allowed to come to Australia and like the fact that we could even do that mm. was just so amazing. I've been able to take eight months off my business because I had to have a surgery last year. My recovery didn't go to plan, but my business didn't fail yes. in the meantime. I didn't have to apply for sick leave. You know, just mm. those little yeah. luxury favorites. Well, one thing I was going to say is like the dog we talked about is I actually dog sat her in uh, Bali one time when it was oh your God. birthday. and Davey took you off on a surprise and I was the dog sister. So I know, I know and love the dog. <laughs> Um, no one loves the munchkin yeah Yeah. the munchkin and I was literally smiling massive uh, grin on my face when Tasha's answer to the question was I get to go to the movies in the day but this is a there's a big significant thing around that because that's the same for me mine is walking along the beach in the morning is my oh my gosh look what you achieved because that was a big dream because I lived in the middle of the UK and I couldn't you know I was hours away from a beach and so I get it because actually it's the action is the small thing, but it's the significance of what it means of like, oh, I used to dream this and this is the life I've created. So celebrating you and yeah, feeling all the feels because it is, it's an amazing journey. So Tash, thank you so much. Always sharing your generosity. I know actually you've got a um, training that we can share. Did you want to tell us a bit about that? Yeah, for sure. So if uh, people are listening along and they're thinking, you know what, I really can get my business growing quickly and you'd like some more of the detail around the strategy side, i.e. social media, those sorts of things, I have a training called Fast Track Your Business. We'll share the links with the show notes of this episode, but it's about an hour of uh, step-by-step training where I walk you through what to focus on and all the stuff you can cross off your to-do list so that we can focus down on just doing the things that will actually result in business growth instead of keeping yourself busy running around the internet looking for people to save. That's not what we do. So, uh, yeah, if anyone is interested in fast-tracking that business growth and in particular your income growth, 
because the more people you serve, the more money you're making, the more money you're making, the more people you can reach, the more people you reach, the more people you serve. It's a beautiful cycle. Then, uh, yeah, do make sure you come and check out that fast track training. It's a really good one. Thank you. So I'm going to put all the links to Tash. And yeah, I just want to say a massive, massive thank you, Tash. Until we meet again. Oh, yes. See you on the internet. Lovely. Thanks so much, Joe. I love your podcast, by the way. It's so good. Ah, thank you. All right, guys. Until next time. See you soon. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast is here to give us all permission to claim more from life and business. I'd love you to head over to Instagram and let's continue this conversation there. You'll find me at Joe underscore Bendel. Here's to no longer settling and instead claiming our more.